Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Sam Prover from MGW Ventures. Welcome, Sam. Hey, Rama. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, Sam. How about you? I'm doing well, doing well. Enjoying uh, the summer slowly uh, starting to turn into uh, to fall. <laughs> cool. And thanks for being on the show. Sure. Uh, a little bit about Sam. Sam has a background in both the commercial real estate and startup technology space. Working as an acquisition analyst, he helped Cottonwood Residential acquired over 50 million of multifamily properties. Sam's deep background in running human experience software programs enhances every client interaction, real estate discussion, and person he encounters. So with that, Sam, you want to add anything to your background? Yeah, just at a uh, high level, I can share how I, I got into the space, if that's uh, that would be beneficial. Yep, absolutely. Sure. And so to that point, right, uh, and appreciate the, the introduction, uh, just so uh, excited to be here and passionate about the multifamily and just passive income uh, space, Rama, that for me, it was, as mentioned, right, that I, I did work at a, a real estate investment trust uh, years ago as I was in, in college and uh, was that analyst who would not really have any idea what he was doing, that I'd be looking at the, the numbers and be put plugging it into the model and be like, oh, this has a 30% IRR and have no idea what that meant and just send it up the ladder for, for the next person. And what people had said, you know, was the sexy, cool thing to be in was tech. And I joined a startup company, which was a, a great experience. We went from a few hundred to a few thousand employees over the years that I was there. And uh, we ended up being bought out by another larger tech company for, for $8 billion and uh, was a lower level employee, but had some equity in the company. It was definitely the biggest check size I'd ever seen. But it was also this moment of I worked so hard over the past four years for this event to happen. Like, is that what I'm going to need to continually do to continue to, to grow my capital? Like there there has to be uh, a better way for my money to work for me. And so that's when I really started to get back into what I had previously been into of learning more about real estate, reading the classic rich dad, poor dad, and just understanding, okay, there's so much uh, value in finding assets, passive income. And uh, real estate is such a great vehicle for that, but specifically uh, multifamily, right? That there's just being in real estate, I always tell people is a great thing. Uh, but with multifamily, the scale uh, that you can have and just the, the synergies uh, that you can can have with investors and property managers and the tenants uh, is on an entirely another level. And so that's really where I decided to spend uh, my time and focus. Awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And yeah, and also like you guys are doing some conversion on like acquired and doing some kind of conversions on Sohana apartments, uh, like 124 units, Nashville, Tennessee. So would you share a little bit more about that uh, acquisition? 
Yeah, that was a, an interesting one in that it, it was not in our, I'd say, our typical wheelhouse that we're looking for your normal apartment bedroom unit mix of three bedrooms, two bedrooms, one bedrooms. But we had an opportunity uh, brought to us uh, in the Nashville market, which is where we're focused on uh, an off market opportunity where the broker said, hey, we've got two partners that really can't get along. Um, and if you can can match this price, then, uh, you know, we can, we can make a deal happen. And it was a motel that had been converted as of uh, 2020, 2021 into studio apartments. Um, so again, like not our normal model, we're typically not looking at, at studios, they have a bit higher turnover. Um, and there's just not as high demand for them in general. But as we looked into the property itself and realized like, hey, this is actually just like a couple miles from downtown Nashville. And as we looked at uh, which again, like the demand in that area is young millennials. It's people that are coming in and looking for something cheap, looking for, for a studio, looking for that, you know, the cheapest housing they could find. And as we saw that, hey, the uh, rent for studios in Nashville, we're going for like 15 to now like $1,700 a month in downtown Nashville. Say, hey, the prices that these guys are getting are way below that, like $900, maybe a thousand that they're looking to get in their rent. Like there's a lot of space here that we, we see potential value and they already had proved the concept and being fully, fully occupied. So we decided to uh, jump on it and uh, got under contract and ended up buying the property. And it uh, went really well that we, uh, again, bought it at a great price. And even at closing, the appraisal came back at millions of dollars higher than, than we bought it. And we've done nothing but add value since then. So it's looking to be a, a great property so far. Got it. So are you guys doing any kind of conversions? No. So we, so they had already done the conversions where they had taken this motel and they had converted it into this multifamily or small uh, micro uh, studio apartments. And so we could see working potentially with that uh, developer again, as the business model has been been great for us. And it's looking like the returns have been, will be good. And the cash flow has been fantastic. We may delve into, and we we've actually talked to a we're actually talking to a group in Nashville right now of uh, doing a, a conversion of an extended stay hotel into into studio apartments. But so far, we focused on just buying it from those who have done the development themselves. Okay, got it. So, how exactly are you doing with the business plan? So. It's going really well. That if we we've already since closing at the end of last year with on that property, uh, we've been able to raise rents uh, from what they were to new. Uh, tenants coming in at over uh, $280 a month uh, rent bumps, which anyone familiar in the space will know that that's uh, very high over just a, a six month uh, period to be increasing rent so much. But the Nashville market, which we just absolutely love, uh, is booming. Demand is high. Uh, supply is is short. And so we've been able to uh, go in and, and raise prices, but also at the same time, really do everything we can to enhance the living experience overall too. I'd say previous management had not done a great job of taking care of the tenants and making them feel cared or wanted. And so as we've gone in with our property management group, we've enhanced multiple areas and around the property. We've added a dog park, a, a grilling area with a nice little pergola over it. We just added in a really nice sign. We added some mesh fencing just to give this enclosed kind of oasis feel to the property that we're really looking to add value to our tenants wherever we can, because we know that at the end of the day, that taking care of them is what's going to be most uh, most important. Awesome. And how are you seeing the rental trends last couple of quarters? Yeah, again, like as mentioned, like we've seen it go up extremely high. We've, we're already 
hitting. I think our, our five-year projections of rents are close to it. We're already close to getting uh, those rents, which again is nothing I think you can plan for. And we always try to underwrite and look at deals conservatively, but that's part of why we look in Nashville, that we know that there is a lot of pent-up demand and that supply is low. And so we're continuing to see rents uh, raise. And we've continued to see that over the past few quarters that even with the, the raises that we've done, of, of the rents, we're still over 95 to 97% occupied and uh, the, the demand is is there. Awesome. Cool. So let's switch towards like capitalizing part that the favorite area of yours. So what are the biggest challenges that you face when raising capital for multifamily investments? Yeah, it's a good question. When I was first getting into the space, I remember being a little nervous about it of like sharing an opportunity uh, with people and not wanting to come off as as salesy or trying to push something um, on potential investors. And for me, and that's part of why I love the space is that I, I don't feel that. I know that as I've looked over a variety of uh, different investment vehicles or way to invest your money. And as you look at the returns you could potentially be getting uh, compared to the risk in this space, uh, it's part of why I'm so passionate about it, right? That for me, as I began speaking with investors, it wasn't saying, hey, here's this startup company I'm starting, please invest your money. And there's a chance you lose it all, but hopefully you'll make some great returns. It's saying, no, like we're buying into an already cash flowing asset we're very conservative in the deals we choose. We don't do many deals because we are so careful in the deals that we choose so that when we do find ones uh, that look good, we can can feel confident saying, you know, no guarantees, uh, but we we feel good about our, our projected returns. And so for me to be able to just share not only each individual property that we look to share with investors, uh, but also multifamily as a whole and just the return versus the risk, as well as uh, just all the different benefits that, that come with multifamily investing from the scale to the tax depreciation, being able to run like cost segregation uh, studies to the leverage that you're able to wisely put on the property to maximize returns. There's just so many different areas uh, that can, that made me as I was getting more in the space, realize like, wow, like this is something like I'm just excited to share with people and that I want them to be involved if it, if it makes sense for them and approaching it that way has, has really helped me. And help share with investors, again, just opportunities that they can come be be a part of. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So what, what are the uh, most common mistakes that investors make when raising capital for multifamily? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, as I've looked at others in the space, I think sometimes, especially when people are just first getting into it, that they will go in and say like, oh, yes, I can raise millions of dollars without actually having had a conversation with with anyone and just assuming like hey like i'll be able to find the money because i have a rich uncle or, or something else i'd say what i would recommend uh as you're you're getting your start in the space and if you're looking to to bring it into like what i did uh even before we had done a deal was like i created a a sample deal and started talking to to my network to my friends to my family and as i began marketing to say Here's an example pitch or an example deck of the types of deals that we're looking to do. Is this something that you would be would be interested in, right? And I was able to immediately gain traction and understand, okay, with my network, how interested are people in investing in this sort of thing? How much uh, do I feel comfortable that that I could bring this capital as opposed to saying, oh yeah, I just 
because I know some people that are wealthy, I can assume that I'll, I'll bring them lots of money. So I think it's very wise to do your homework and, but also just to start sharing, right? Start within your network, start being known as the real estate person that's sharing those opportunities with people. Even if they say, oh, maybe this isn't my thing now, as they continuously you doing deals, it just makes it that much more likely that they'll want to invest with you in the future as they see what you're doing and the success that you're having with it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, how can investors best structure their deals to attract capital? Best structure the deals? Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day that you are, one, setting your expectations with investors. You're finding your niche of investors of the types of returns they're looking for. That's going to differ based off your type of investor. You may have a very large private equity group that has a lot of capital that they're looking to place and they want lower returns. They're fine with something just stable and steady and cash flow. You may have for people that are not so much on the wealth preservation side as they are on the wealth creation side, people that are looking for higher returns and maybe looking to accept a little bit more risk with that, but that you have to be able to walk in and say, who is my, I guess my investor avatar of the type of person I'm looking to invest and make sure that you're finding and structuring deals that are going to work for them. And so for someone that's more focused on long-term preservation, that may be structuring a deal that's set to cash flow over 10 years. For someone that's looking to create wealth as fast as possible, that's structuring a deal that will sell sooner rather than later to maximize on, on your gains and your, your IRR, your internal rate of return, as they call it. Okay. So what's your thoughts on current, current multifamily market? Yeah, it's interesting with the macroeconomic conditions and the variable, uh, well, the interest rates rising and anyone who's in a variable loan having to deal with the right increase in payments um, for anyone that, that's uh, gotten under contract or done a bridge loan, which is very common in the space, and now having to, to pay more each month as these, these rents go up. So I think a few things. Uh, one, you're still seeing rent growth occur. You're still seeing that demand is high. Um, and so I think that that bodes favorable for the investor. And that's why you're still seeing deals uh, move. And you're probably even going to see more deals come up in the coming, coming months as these interest rates most likely will continue to increase. You're going to find people that bought, bought properties, essentially assuming the interest rate would never go up, even though they got a variable loan, uh, which they may have been right for the past 25 odd years, but is not the case now. Um, that will need to reposition and potentially sell quickly, even at a discount to get out of a potentially difficult situation. So I think it's an exciting time um, for anyone who's looking to invest, as well as anyone who's currently invested, as long as they've structured their deal correctly. So would you share any, any best multifamily investing experience so far? Yeah, I'd say that uh, deal that we spoke about of being able to find an off-market opportunity that we're able to go in and immediately see, hey, we're uh, you know, we're buying this at $14 million, but at closing before we've even done any of our value add, it's already appraising at over 19. Uh, that's a really exciting thing to be able to share with investors and, and say, Hey, even before executing on our business plan that again, the type of deals that we're looking for are, are quality ones like this, where we can find either through the mismanagement or the value, the renovation to really drive value. So I say that was a really exciting one. We also currently have a property under contract that we're very excited about. It's 145 unit also in the Nashville area. And it was built in the nineties, which is uh, fantastic because it's not an older build. And so you're not seeing many of the problems that you would see with properties built maybe in the 80s or 70s. Um, so the property itself is very nice, but it has been untouched, unrenovated, almost 
virtually all of it since it was built in 1996. And so to be able to go in and do a pure value add play where none of the units have been renovated, the outside is old and uh, stale and be able to really go in and create an incredible experience for the tenants by fixing that up both on the insides and outsides of the units and looking at the rents that we can be be getting compared to similar properties in the area compared to where it's at now is something that we're really excited about. Great. So what, what is the price for unit? Uh, the price per unit on that one, and again, it's uh, this may uh, be different depending on the markets that you're looking at, but it's $220,000 a unit, uh, primarily three bedroom units, and it's right outside downtown Nashville. Which, you know, some areas, like if you're investing in places like, uh, say, maybe Iowa or secondary tertiary markets, you may feel like, wow, that's a really high price per unit. But again, you just have to look at the market that you're in. And as you're looking at, like, for example, the the A-class units 10 minutes away in downtown Nashville are all going for upwards of almost $400,000 per unit, Um, as well as, right, the purchase price of a home is about $400,000 per unit in the area. And so it's something that we feel, you know, very comfortable with of going and executing on our, our business plan and being able to get great returns for our investors. Great, great. So would you also share any challenging experience? Yeah, I'd say one challenging experience that we had on that conversion deal with the the studio apartments that we were buying, that we had uh, 60 days of closing and just a a few days before we were about to close, the lender that we were working with uh, came to us and said, hey, we we have to back out. We're not going to be able to, to fulfill this loan. And, you know, we had all of our, our equity sitting in the bank ready to, to be deployed. We were ready to, to move on this deal. And so at the last second to have a lender and be like, hey, we're not going to be able to do this uh, was a bit of a, you know, a gut punch in the moment. But again, luckily, right, it was an issue that the lender themselves were having. Ha- having. The property itself uh, was great. The third party environmental reports, the financials, the appraisal, everything can come back extremely strong. So luckily we were able to negotiate and we had set this up in our letter of intent and purchase contract that we could uh, extend for additional money for an additional 30 days. So we were able to very extend the time that we needed as well as then quickly find another lender to ensure that we got the deal closed in the, in the time needed. So that was a bit of a, I guess, a a tense moment briefly, but luckily with a good ending. Is that a bridge debt, bridge debt or you know, agency debt? Yep, correct. That is a bridge debt for that one. For this, uh, for this property that we're currently under contract for, just again with the uncertainty of the market, we're going with a fixed rate uh, agency debt. So what kind of interest rates you are getting? I think that we're looking at about 4.6% uh, for this one. How about interest period? Uh, we've got five years of interest only on a 10-year loan. So again, really great loan product. Uh, we're being very conservative with this deal that the returns look honestly fantastic, even with low leverage, fixed interest rate. We just, again, with the uncertainty of where the market's at, want to be able to say we can comfortably ride out anything that comes over the next 10 years, um, but even conservatively feel like we can still get great returns to our investors while also having a very safe deal. How about LTV? Uh, 60%. Okay, great. Yeah, so not highly leveraged, fixed interest rate, five years interest only. Like, again, the agency really liked uh, this deal. And so we were able to get great, great terms on it. Cool, cool. And what is our current focus then? Yeah, so our current focus on uh, that right now is obviously once we close the property, we'll immediately be jumping in and uh, renovating the exteriors and interiors, et cetera. As far as where we are currently in the process, we're actually bringing in capital as we speak that if anyone 
listening to this podcast has interest, happy to, to share the, the opportunity uh, with you as we're, we're bringing in uh, the capital required to be, be a part of this deal. It's looking like an exciting one. Cool. So in any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yeah, I think that the idea of just always, as you're going big in these deals, as you're doing, you know, not just a single family home or a duplex, but saying we're buying, you know, hundreds of units here, that it can be maybe a little intimidating as you're first getting into this space. So I think as you want to surround yourself around others who are doing what you want to be doing, that that's going to help you get in the right mindset and say, hey, if they can do it, let me follow in their steps, I'll do it too. And then like, be ready, know that problems and roadblocks are going to happen. But as I, you know, whenever I have those moments, I always just tell myself, I'm going to keep going. I, you know, I, I won't stop. And kind of having that mindset, looking to others, mentors in the space and, and figuring out what they're doing and saying, okay, I'll do those same things have helped me get to get to this point. Cool. And share any one personal learning or personal decision that you, that has played a part in creating massive impact and powerful shifts in your own life. Yeah, I think that just that decision to go big immediately to say, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily start with flipping homes, which again, you can make great money in all sorts of avenues with real estate, but to say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to start on those smaller ends, but I'm going to go be involved in, in larger deals and be making impacts uh, in, in many people's lives by doing that, that that decision to, to go big from the get go uh, has, I think, been really beneficial while definitely uncomfortable at times has been has been very beneficial cool and any books that impacted your life and what way yeah i'd say i mentioned one already uh but rich dad poor dad is a is a great one would recommend that to anyone that's just looking to understand uh how to be maybe a little bit more financially literate as well as i really like the seven habits of highly successful people uh, by stephen covey it's an older one but also a classic that uh can uh, shift paradigms in your life and help you see things more clearly to bring more success. It's, it's definitely helped me. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Sam? Yeah, great question. Uh, probably easiest way is LinkedIn. If you just look me up, Sam, S-A-M, Froer, F-R-O-E-R-E-R. -E -E Feel free to reach out there. Also, my email is sam at mgwventures.com. And uh, happy to, to discuss, really passionate about this space and helping and sharing with others. So uh, happy to to help help anyone that's interested awesome and thank you very much sam i really enjoyed the conversation thank you rami you as well sure thank you thanks for listening to multi-family ap360 check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website ushacapital.com also if you enjoyed this episode share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review follow me on my social media thanks for tuning in and i'll see you next time